Hey folks, welcome to another interview-only episode of the FLW Bass Fishing Podcast. This week, it's Josh Strachner, winner of the Toyota Series event on Eufaula down in Alabama. Uh, I was thinking about holding this for the full show, which we'll have later this week, but I did it Monday morning. I figured Josh just won on Saturday. We should get it up. Uh, so, here it is. Kyle and I will be back uh, sometime later in the week with a full show, with another interview, and all that jazz for you. But uh, in the meantime, here's Josh. Alrighty, and we are joined now by Josh Strachner, whose name I am dialed in on saying. Right, man? That's right. Oh, gosh. I was so happy <laughs> when you won this tournament, this Ufala event, which we're going to dive into. But I was so happy because I was like, man, I already did the work. I know how to pronounce his name. This is great. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Josh, as folks know who are listening, won the Toyota Series event on Eufaula, had a really big final day to get it done, uh, made it pretty dramatic, um, but uh, Josh, man, congratulations on the win. Man, I appreciate it. I, I really could. I, I don't know. Still not sure exactly how I pulled that off, but uh, I, I thought we were all fishing for second place going into that final day, but uh you know, just things happened, and uh, I guess it was just my day. You know, that's really all I can say. Yeah, so that final day, I mean, so Michael Smith had been, like, crushing it. He had 50 pounds through days one and two. Like, he had a big lead. It really, like, it looked like he was going to get it done. I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah. I was I was looking at it thinking, all right, well, he's got this thing. That's cool. Um, good for him, you know? And then... He caught 11 pounds on the final day, which you might be able to do in some tournaments and win, but you can't do it on Eufaula and win. Um, yeah, Eufaula, that, that lake is fishing so good right now, and you, you never know when somebody's going to come in with a 30-pound bag. And uh, I really, I was kind of surprised nobody had a, you know, upper 20s, 30-pound bag, but it's just always possible. That lake's got so many big fish in it. It's unreal. Yeah, talking with Kurt, um, who was there writing it and covering it, obviously. He said that he talked to a lot of people up shallow who, like, felt like they might have had the chance to have a really big bag, but they would always lose one or two key fish. And it seemed like you couldn't make up for it up shallow as well. Because obviously only one guy, um, you know, Dustin Smith, caught him shallow mm -hmm. in that top ten. But you fished, I guess, mostly deep, can you kind of give us the lowdown on like how you caught them? Yeah, I, I was committed to fish out deep, and um, the the big the biggest deal was was the was the ledges, and you know the, the ledge deal. Everybody knows all the all the good ledge places, and uh, especially the week before the tournament when everybody first started getting down there to practice, the schools are real big. They were easy to find and easy to catch and uh, i noticed during practice that every day it was getting a little tougher and a little tougher the schools were getting smaller and smaller and by the by the first day of the tournament the schools were probably uh, i'd say a third of the size that they were and they were moving around a lot getting on little smaller spots but um first two days uh, i was 100 percent committed on on those ledges i, I weighed in all, all 10 fish out deep um uh, they uh, they were anywhere from 18 to 22 foot, but as the tournament went on, they, they kept getting a little deeper and a little deeper, and they finally 
they just most of them just pulled out in, in the timber and you can't hardly catch those fish or i can't and uh so the the third day i still started out on them and uh, i caught a small limit 13 to 14 pounds and uh i actually lost a pretty good fish early that would that would have probably still helped and uh they just they were biting real funny and they, they were moving around they were real scattered out on those wedges with that front was coming in and it was real dark cloudy and i just didn't i didn't feel real good about it and i even coming into the tournament my the brush was just gonna be my backup plan and uh the brush had, had hadn't been fishing very good at all to me so by 11 o'clock i just put all my deep lead stuff up and started running some brush and started catching some i lost another one around four pounds in the brush and um I kept just kept fishing it, kept fishing, and, and between about twelve and one o'clock, I hit one little one little area in, in the in the brush and caught three over four pounds, right right before the the big storm come through. So that's really what saved me is, is to, to leave the deep stuff alone. I didn't feel good about that day and, and start running brush. Hmm. Um, I wanna I wanna talk about the brush and stuff, but like the deep stuff you were throwing. I think a 10 XD, uh, a swim bait, like what, a is, I guess, can you explain a little bit the standing timber and like how that lays out on the lake? Cause I know you weren't fishing it, but like what, what's the dynamic out there? Cause it's not like, yeah. uh, you know, a Kentucky or a Pickwick from what I understand. No. Yeah. A lot of the, the, the real good, the best ledges, like where they've got the either channel swing in or out and it makes a good hard drop a good hard edge all that stuff down there has got just right in front of the timber i mean right in front of that that good drop there's huge trees just everywhere uh some places more than other, some places it's like a forest down there and uh a lot of the i was trying to find the places that, were, that had a little small gap in between the timber and that most time it would have a little hard spot there and that's where the fish would get and it was really you had to you know really know know exactly where the timber was on each spot to try to make the cast to get to those fish without getting in the timber and uh that just it made it real difficult and i think that was harder it just makes it harder on a lot of guys uh especially when those fish pull off that main edge that was clean like they'd get out there on that little second edge and clean spots on the edge of the timber and uh just made it harder for people to get to and i just spent so i guess i just spent more time trying to really focus on getting getting to those you know and, uh, but that timber it, it make most of the places it makes them right on the edge when you get around 18 or 19 foot that's where the timber starts then it'll run all the way down to about 35 to 50 feet and that's where the the big timber was hmm. That's interesting. And then, like, the brush stuff, when you fish that on the final day, like, I've watched Brian Thrift fish brush before on Eufaula, and he runs, like, 400 piles and makes, like, you know, maybe not 400, but he runs a lot, and he's making, mm -hmm. like, three or four casts and then on to the next. Is that how you fish to that kind of stuff, or do you let it soak a little bit more? Like, what was your strategy on that final day? Uh, you know, usually I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I, most of the time, I'm throwing this time of year. I'm throwing a moving bait. I won't, I can't hardly slow down to, to throw a worm much. But it did come into play that last day. 
I'm the same way. I, I try to run as many as I can because there's just thousands and thousands, literally, <laughs> brush piles on that lake. And probably about 90% of them aren't very good. I mean, you can catch fish out of all of it. But uh, I'll spend enough time down there to, to kind of learn the better areas and better brush piles to fish. And during the tournament, I'll just run the high percentage ones. And I'll pull up and make five or six cast with a moving bait and if, it, if it's a good pile that i know i've caught you know a big fish out of or multiple big fish out of i will take the time to throw a big worm or a jig in it and uh, that's that's how i do it that's a that's pretty cool that you've got it dialed into like that degree where you're like this is this is a pile to spend time on this is one that it's a two or three casts and you keep rolling um, yeah, it's, you just gotta. It just takes a lot of time, and, and there's so many brush piles from four feet deep to thirty feet deep, and you can never figure out which which depth the, the brush piles are on that the fish are the bigger fish are in and, and biting, and what kind of stuff they're on. You can kind of set your depth finders up, your, your lake master, whatever you're running, and, and just run run that depth and get in the right area. Uh, like some of the piles i've caught fish out of before I'd, but there'd be like smaller piles and uh i'd just make three or four casts and go but when i get to a bigger pile that i've caught big fish out of i, I will slow down and, and drag something through it hmm. what did that breakdown on that final day turn out to be between like slow and fast in the brush uh, but well, between twelve and around, I started running the brush around ten o'clock, and uh, I went down to one area when I first started, and uh, I know Michael Smith was down there fishing some, and and uh, I immediately saw Brian Lee in that same area running brush, and I hadn't been down there all week, and I I really didn't want to fish behind behind, behind those guys, and I, I didn't feel real comfortable staying down there just because I didn't know what all they'd been fishing, so I turned around and. Went back up the lake and uh, just running a, a a different area, but same depth stuff. So, it just having confidence in it really is the main factor. There you go. Well, now you've won like a lot of stuff with FLW. Now, uh, you know you've won a pile of Phoenix Bass Fishing League events, but this is your first Toyota Series win. Um, it was over like. Not a large field, but a stacked field from a local standpoint. How did it feel, man? <laughs> I, th- I, don't, I really don't think it's set in yet. Uh, and like you said, uh, all, the, all the best locals were in it, and that, that was pretty intimidating. But uh, I fished down there enough now, I'm comfortable, you know, having in, in my chances of, to, to beat them. I, I feel pretty good about it. And I feel good about coming into the tournament, you know, and, I just knew on that ledge, deep ledge stuff, it was it was just going to be a matter of hitting the right stuff at the right time and watching where everybody's sitting. And if I see a place that I really want to go to, I'll, I'll try to. If somebody leaves it, I'll try to give it thirty minutes and and pull over there to it and try to catch one. But it feels good, man. It really does. Um, I, I really needed this win for sure. Okay, did. Uh... I guess going into that final day and in that final weigh-in, did you realize, like, at any point that you were going to win or had a shot to win? Because 
when, when did I guess basically when did you realize hey this might happen because uh, Smith <laughs> obviously like you probably came back to weigh in thinking you were still fishing for second right exactly I, I had I had no clue you know, I was talking to my co-winger as we was idling into the dock on the last day I just I knew I had a good bag and I was just hoping to stay stay in second third and uh, I knew there wasn't no chance of to make the for me to win i knew michael was gonna catch him pretty good he's too, too good of a fisherman down there and we got to the dock and uh i actually walked over to michael i can go ahead and congratulate him <laughs> I, I knew he'd, he'd already won it and uh they said man I, I don't i've only got about 10 pounds and then uh scott montgomery walked up and he was saying he only had 10 or 11 pounds and that's that's when it hit me then real hard that i'm like man i, I might have a chance for this and uh, so it, it was very very surprising yeah because you went far. you went from uh third basically and leapfrogged over two guys you didn't catch them and then I'm trying to think the, the way the standing shook out uh Ryan Ingram caught him big on the final day brian new caught him big on the final day which mm-hmm. brian new has got He's got something on you, Fala. He's not even from around there. How do you guys like? How does he? How how are you, Alabama guys, letting him catch him that good? <laughs> Brian, knew he's good. You know, he uh, he won the. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's, I think he's learned <laughs> learned too much from Brian Thrift. But he, he's 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 a threat anywhere he goes, and has been for several years, long time now. So that's uh, <laughs> that is for sure. I guess yeah, he won that. Uh, he won the Open. Um, at Kissimmee, and you, uh, I think I you were in, in the top ten there too, right? You were second. I come in second to him at, at Kissimmee. Yeah. All right. Well, you didn't qualify for the Bassmaster Classic with this one, um, but you did qualify for the Toyota Series Championship because it's winning you're in. Now, granted, you got to fish the rest of them, but like, what's your what's your schedule look like? What what do you think your plans are the rest of this year? And granted. Everything's changed once, and it might all change again. But where are you at? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I try to sit down and redo my schedules uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know every, everybody's having to pack them in together to try to get all the tournaments back in. And I'm gonna try my best to, to fish the rest of these the Toyota series. I really want to go to the championship because it pays so good, and uh, it's just gonna there's gonna be a lot of traveling involved from. The, between the Toyota series and the and the Bass Opens being some of them, a couple of them being close together in different parts of the country, so that's what I'm gonna be doing. Really figuring that out, and I'm still gonna be fishing some BFLs. I got a BFL Neely Henry this week, and a double header BFL back on Eufaula week after next. So uh, this month is gonna be real busy. That's for sure. Really. For a lot of us in the fishing world, it's going to be pretty much flat out until it seems like about Christmas at the rate we're going. Um, yeah, and it's, everything's going. It's, I've got, you know, big tournaments all the way through November this year, so it's, it's going to be a busy, busy late summer and fall for everybody. For sure. What, uh, what I, I think I asked you this, I must have, back when we talked in the wintertime, but what do you do for work? Like, is are you going to be able to make all this work and also work and have a real job or is this a situation where you're leaning like much harder into fishing now than you ever have before well <laughs> as of right now fishing's pretty much it for me um uh, i've got a, a company i was working for reeves construction 
super good guys. They all fish, and um, they're they're gonna give me a chance to. They know I want to do this real bad, and they know that I just can't take off whenever for a month straight. You know, now yeah. that all this stuff's happening, and they're they're really working with me, and uh, they're gonna let me pretty much take off the rest of the year. And uh, so right now, you're any, fishing. Any check I, any check I get is from fishing. So I, I'm, it's, it's a little bit more pressure on me. But uh, after winning this one, it's going to take, take a lot off. That way I can fish the rest of you and not, not really have to worry about making money to, to, to survive, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the nice thing. When you, I mean, you obviously you've seen it at the BFL level, but, like, when you win, you know, a series-level event and open something like that, like, that payout is, it's enough. It can carry you for a while if you want to invest it back into fishing and if you keep getting other checks the way, you tend to then you can i mean i'm not i'm not saying you're guaranteed pro angler right now but boy getting that one getting that one starter win under your belt goes a long way i would think it helps and it helps you for me mentally too for uh, you know not having to worry about the financial side of it and uh, it just it takes it takes a load off my mind that i can i know i can fish it the rest of the year and, and not really have to worry about it since I've already I've wanted hopefully enough this year to, to carry me through and and uh and to be able to fish more confident. So. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna burn some of that when you uh drive up and back to New York and stuff like that following the opens around. But luckily, you know, the series are all close to home and so you're yep. not gonna burn too much and even if you don't catch them you're still going to the championship because you got that yeah, that's what. <laughs> That's what makes the Toyota series so good. You don't have to travel all over the country to fish a whole division. Uh, you can you can stay, you know, within one or two states, and I, I think in just about every Toyota division there is is within a couple states of each other. Pretty much, in all probably, their tournaments. So. Probably the farthest traveling is uh, it's like probably in the Northeast division, and that's just because you know New York and Michigan are kind of a long way apart. But it's not you know, other than that, like. It a lot of them yeah. are really compressed, which is obviously real handy if you're next to them. Yeah, that's what makes it good for a lot of these a lot of these guys that are good enough to compete and win in these, but they just can't they can't take the time off and to travel all over the country to do it. Now they can. That's a good deal. That they they made enough divisions to to let guys like that and guys like me to do it. So for sure, for sure. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to hit on. Um, I know. Uh, we, so the Elite Series is on, uh, you follow right now. So I'm going to get you on record. How's it going to be won? Like, let's prognosticate here. You're the, as far as I can tell, the just bar none you follow expert at this point in time. <laughs> uh, Man, it's, it, I think it's going to change some. I know it's the next today, the next three days, or next two days, is pretty much 100% chance of rain. I think it's raining down there now. And uh, I think by Thursday or Friday, it's, it's supposed to get back sunny, but the weather's going to be cooler. So I, I'm i thinking that shallower stuff is probably going to be a real big player down there. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if you have a guy come in with – 23 24 pounds a day from fishing the bank uh, i'm not sure how much the offshore stuff is going I'm, it's always a player down there but 
far as being consistent, that's probably offshore is probably going to be the best. But somebody can go on the bank this week with the cooler weather and cooler water temperatures and, and catch a real big bag on the bank. It could be could could make it interesting. That would be that would be really cool. I I know like you know in that series event we were definitely the bank bite. It was there, but it was not there to win. You know, because right. every every guy who was in the hunt or whatever, um, like they would lose, they would lose one or something like that. And you couldn't make it up on the bank, but if a few more fish get up there, or even if there's just a little more room or something like that, like maybe it happens. Um, but man, it does seem like that's a, it does seem like you follow typically is an offshore fishery, at least in that summertime deal. Yeah, especially this time. Like uh, they, they just had got on, got out on the ledges. You know, I guess about two or three weeks ago. Really, a couple of weeks ago, they were out there pretty heavy. But uh, they're getting busted up pretty bad now. Getting getting a lot of pressure. And again, I, after the week after next after leech, there's a double header. Uh, yeah, double Phoenix. BFL. <laughs> yeah, double double BFL. So uh, there's there's no telling how it's gonna it, you can win. You know. By then, I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody wins it offshore one day, and then the, the, the next day, BFL, somebody went on the bank. So. Yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting one to watch because there's a lot of uh, a lot of variety in that one for sure. Mm-hmm. It uh, is. But uh, anyhow, I guess I'm pretty much done with Eufaula, and we'll see what other superlatives you make uh, up the rest of the year. But is there anywhere you want to? Anywhere people should follow you or anything you want to plug uh, while you're on the show, while you got time? Man, the the, the, the main thing for me this week down there was was spending all that time sitting in the driver's seat graphing with and those hummingbirds, hummingbird helixes that I run. Every place I, I fished during tournament, I found idling with those hummingbirds and sitting there and just I, sometimes I might sit there for four or five hours straight without <laughs> during during practice not getting up and fishing and just and just finding stuff, you know. And that, that really plays a big part down there. And that lake's so big and so vast. There's so much stuff out there to, to fish offshore, anywhere from four foot to you know thirty five. So spending time with your electronics is a, is a is a big deal down there. I like it. Um, and you don't have like any social or anything like that. You're pretty much just going fishing, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I I post some on my Facebook page. I'm not the best in the world on the social media stuff. I'm I'm learning. <laughs> All right, I like it. Well, Josh, uh, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and uh, congratulations on the win. And you know, if all goes well, we'll see you here at the championship in the fall, and maybe I another win or two along the way. Knowing you, <laughs> <laughs> I, I plan on being there, Jody. I promise. You.